What's up, skate people? We are back. It is podcast time. And as always, each episode is brought to you by All I Need Skateboarding. Well, All I Need was has started in the Great Recession, and uh, we've grown out of there. Damn, it's been a while. Kind of tripping right now. Um, it's a collection of skateboarders that um, we started this when, you know... Uh, the whole economy kind of tanked, and uh, it seemed like all the brands were dropping out, or the brands that were in weren't run or owned by skateboarders, and they could, could kind of decide, you know, if you're pro or not. So we started this as a way, as a resistance, kind of like, hey, those that live it and love it, um, we should collect and start something that we can nourish and grow and do the way that we believe it should be done and uh, we've done that and if you want to check out everything that we have going on you can go to allineedskate.com or you can follow us on facebook instagram or twitter at allineedskate thank you guys for everything Uh, this podcast has been uh, far beyond my expectations as far as like um, the community and the gratitude and the and uh, my personal growth it's it's like it's it's helped a lot so I appreciate you guys and uh, sorry for getting too sappy uh, today we got my brother Sam Shetler on the podcast uh, all I can say is Sammy's probably my favorite person in the world enjoy I just love the skating and the scene. Rain, rain, go away. All I need is a skateboard today. Skateboard today. This is the Shetler Show featuring professional skateboarder, podcaster, and All I Need Skate founder, Anthony Shetler. So everyone was, it was hot. Everyone was doing it. Yeah, they're looking for their dad's fucking metal skateboards in the garage. Yeah, exactly. Like, yeah. Get on this thing. <laughs> Each episode brings you amazing discussions with interesting people from all walks of life. Kind of when skateboarding clicked for me and you learn some tricks or whatever and you get that appreciation from your peers, you know, the other skaters are like, holy shit, like, yeah, dude, that's rad. Admiration. Yeah, yeah the admiration or the, the affirmation. Real. Recognize real. If I didn't experience those crazy moments in my life, then these great moments would never be as great as they have been. Honestly, like for me, I just loved it. Like I saw those dudes, I saw those videos, and I was like, holy fuck, this is sick. Yeah. This is what I want to do. Damn right we can hear that, Sam. <laughs> What's going on, man? Oh, we're already going. Yeah, we're going. I just hit record, bro. All right. Excellent. <laughs> What's going on? Not much. Just um, waking up, drinking some coffee. Nice. That's uh, something I like to indulge in as well. How do you like your coffee today? Um, it's actually a mocha. We had a little chocolate sachet, which I popped in there. Nice. What's, sach- what's chocolate sachet? Sachet? Uh, it's just a little packet, chocolate mix. Oh, you made it sound way fancy. Yeah, you know, <laughs> it's uh, fancy. Nice. Is and it... I'm, I'm still hyped on your machine, your coffee machine. The Keurig? 
Yeah, so in Australia, we are operating on pods. you got to buy the individual pods, and uh, they cost a gazillion dollars. But you have a refillable pod machine, so that must save you heaps of money. Yeah. Uh, what we have, I think, is they're called K-Cups. It's like a pod, and same word, I guess. Yeah. Just American K-Cups. Um, yeah, it does. It's nice, because I just go to the grocery store, Hannaford's, as you know, because you went there, mm. which is nice. I like that grocery store. And uh, I just buy the big, like, $8 thing of coffee grinds, and then I just got the the pod and just fill it up, and it's good to go. It's mm. pretty chill, man. Um, all right, let's get love for the people listening. How'd you get out here? Um, took a plane. Nice. It would have uh, been pretty far otherwise, huh? Definitely. We've come, we've come a ways in transportation. <laughs> uh, I don't have to take a ship anymore. No Titanic scenario. <laughs> nice. It's more snakes on a plane sort of thing these days. Nice. But uh, our our flight in particular was pretty smooth and uh, had a layover in Hong Kong. Uh, it was a long trip. Uh, I think with layovers and all, it was 30 plus hours. Nice. All the way from Australia. Down under, if you will. That's right. That's nice. right. Where we ride kangaroos to school. <laughs> I just thought I'd get the myth out of the way, you know. Oh, it's a myth? Uh... Oh, no, it's real. Oh, okay. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, you saved me right there. <laughs> yeah, so you went to Australia once, didn't you? Yeah, long time ago with uh, Zoo York. I want to say 08, 09 maybe. There's videos on YouTube, for sure. When you coming back? Uh, I'm trying. That's been my ultimate hustle, dude. I think I've said it on this podcast. I'm like, i got to figure out a way to get all I need to Australia so I can see my brother Sam. Um, all right, I know my mission now. I need to send World uh, an email a day. Yes. Saying, oh boy, us uh, Australians, <laughs> all of us, really could use a, a World Industries tour down, aren't they? Yeah, that will work too, because World World actually does business in Australia, mm. so that would work as well. That'd be another way to get me there. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be sick. <laughs> all right, well, let's let's start off on your trip so far, because you were coming out here to visit family, hence why we're hanging out, and That's then... Right. Uh, we have our family reunion coming up this weekend. Oh yeah, Maine. Moose is yeah. in Maine. I'm slow. Moose is in Maine. Oh yeah, that's right. That one time, <laughs> I remember, do you, were you there when Nana took us to that road where there was those big ass mooses and you could like, is moose is the correct way to say it? It's moose. Moose. Yeah, it's a um, <laughs> And uh, they came to the car, like near the car and stuff. Yeah, it's pretty wild. Those things are insanely big. Yeah, I remember the, the back of the moose being above my head, above the car. Yeah, just which, the back. Yeah, that's like Jurassic Park type shit. <laughs> All right, serious question though. We're getting into the thick of it right now. You ready? Oh, I don't know if I am, but let's go for it. We'll cover. We'll touch on that after. Um, it's a dead serious question though. Who would win in a fight? A moose or a kangaroo? And be honest. Oh, that's a hard one. And do you have moose in Australia? Do you have kangaroos in America? Nope. No, we don't have any moose oh, in right. Australia. Oh, but it. I reckon a kangaroo would actually win. Really? It's fast. It could jump over a moose. Um, it has razor sharp claws. What it does is, apparently, I don't know this as a fact, but I heard once that a kangaroo like grabs someone and then essentially lifted its hind legs gutted a person whoa so the the hind legs are super powerful because they can jump over a moose but they can also like <laughs> you don't know if they could jump over a moose you just made that up no i was driving out in the bush <laughs> and um i seen a kangaroo just clear a six foot fence yeah gnarly like it was walking nice they got superhuman powers or super kangaroo powers apparently it's Definitely. pretty insane 
I'm gonna call bullshit though. A moose, right. a moose would for sure win. That thing, can, kangaroo could try to jump over it, but you know what that moose is gonna do? It's gonna stand up on its hind leg, become twelve feet tall. Mm. Kangaroos can't jump twelve feet, Sam. Mm-hmm. And you know what that moose has that that kangaroo don't have? Those antlers. Mm-hmm. And as that kangaroo's jumping over that moose, that moose is gonna hook, as stab it in the underbelly, and then that kangaroo's gonna become fucking moose meat or dinner meat for the moose and its little mooselings. And I think mooselings is actually a word. Mooselings. We'll have to Google that one. Alright. But yeah, I like that you have... As we continue to talk. I like that you have... uh, We were discussing about this. I like that you have pride in Australia, though. You've actually spent more of your life, or developing life in Australia, right? Yeah, well, I mean... Just strange scenario, kind of. Yeah, so obviously, you know, the developmental stages of becoming an adult were all in America. But kind of uh, mentally or coming up with, you know, identity and, uh, you know, that, that great amount of development of, you know, figuring out, am I an adult? Yeah, so you're saying, <laughs> it's, like, it's your, done over there. your yeah. physical development happened as a child. Here, you were growing and stuff, but then, you're like, your mental development took place in Australia because that's where you were when you were, you, you were learning and growing and expanding in that area. Yeah, definitely. That's nice. <laughs> what are you typing in? What are baby mooses called? Okay. Let's see what we got. Mooselings, right? Um, a young moose. That's kind of tight. Young moose. Yo, young moose. Well, apparently a male moose is called a bull, a female moose is called a cow, and a young moose is called a calf. Well, that's just confusing. Well, there we are. Because what if you were like, hey, come to Australia. We got tons of cow and calves. And I'm coming out there with my pitcher, my glass pitcher. I'm thinking I'm getting some delicious cold cow milk. And now it's just nothing but mooses everywhere. I like your moose milk stash, I could say. <laughs> That's ridiculous. How is that not confusing? Who who was that? I think you'd be like, it's a bull moose, it's a cow moose to distinguish the female. Here, let me, let me clarify this. Let me clarify this. This is making up words today. A male moose would be called Mr. Moose. A female <laughs> moose I would call Mrs. Moose. Well, that's if they're married, of course. Yeah, and a young moose would be baby moose. Baby and then there would be, we'd understand everything right off the bat right there. No problems. Um, okay, sorry to, to, to sidetrack there, but, um, alright, so how similar is Australia to America? Um, I was actually, uh, I thought it was more similar than different when I first arrived. Yeah. I just spent, you know, several months in Nepal, which was crazy, um, when I first, before I got there. And then when I got there, I was like, oh, I'm in America again. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Was it like that? It it, felt like that? Yeah. I mean, when you go around because of globalization, cities are so similar now. Yeah. I mean, Adelaide, where I live in South Australia, is is very different than Boston. Um, But... Yeah, they still have McDonald's and... Yeah, it's westernized. Yeah. Yeah. What about the vibes of the people? Work life? Do you guys take hour lunches or, like, what do the French do? They just chill for, like, (laughs) three-hour dinners or something, don't they? Yeah, Adelaide or South Australia and Australia is pretty unique. Yeah. Um, We're pretty more relaxed. We've got more attachment to kind of our English history and... um, yeah, kind of built Adelaide Adelaide up as a, a place where the English could come and live, whereas the other states was uh, more based on uh, you know convicts just kind of clearing the land, if you will. Nice. Um, uh, whereas Adelaide was you know more a designer city where 
yeah, they didn't use convicts. A lot of so people in South Australia are like, yeah, we're the only state that convicts didn't build our our state. They brag about that a little bit. <laughs> Weird. Yeah. So so I one mean, like so one part was just kind of forged by convicts. They just came and cleared the land and made shit happen. Mm-hmm. And then the other was kind of designed by people that weren't criminals. Yeah, I mean, they just took the working class from England and and brought them here. So they were basically. Uh, you know, slaves anyway, like, almost like slaves, because uh, they were impoverished over there, didn't have much of a chance to succeed in, in England, so they figured, oh, we'll go to Australia, and, you know, we'll be able to make some sort of life for us, and they were offering land and things like that. Mm-hmm. Of course, you know, that land was, was stolen, and they had to, you know, kill lots and lots of Aboriginal, Indigenous people to get that land. And let's not forget, it's filled with fucking reptiles and the most dangerous shit in the world. <laughs> Apparently, I don't see any of it. I mean, I live an hour fifteen outside the city, and I don't see a snake. Yeah, we were talking about the indigenous people of Australia the other day, and I was trying to compare them to like blacks in America, like mm. the plight wise. What'd you say the difference was? We were saying. Um, well, I mean, we didn't have a kind of a, a formal slave history like America did. Yeah, Canada didn't either. Um, but certainly, we in a lot of respects, it's it's quite similar. Um, you know, having race-based policies. And and it's crazy how recent uh, Australian race history is compared to the U.S. Yeah. You know, it was only in the 60s that we were like, oh, our indigenous Aboriginal people aren't plants. (laughs) We treat them like plants? No, legally. Oh, legally. (laughs) They were were defined as terra nullius, which is, you know, they were just flora and fauna. In Australia, there was no people... So that's how they justified coming in and just taking all the land. Oh, that sucks. <laughs> I was going to say I'd want to be a flower or a plant for sure because it seems way less complex than fucking modern life. But if people are going to come in and pillage me, that sucks. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and I mean, a lot of their culture is based on the land and taking care of it and, you know. Uh, so, I mean, in, in, in that way, you know. They... Well, then they're more comparable to Native Americans in America. Yeah, the indigenous people of America. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But the racism, there's racism now in Australia or a bias towards them? Yeah, so much, so much. I mean, yeah. they've got the raw steel out of anybody in Australia. They're yeah. living in third world squalor. Yeah. Um, which is unthinkable. And uh, somehow we're ab- uh, the government's able to kind of shelter people in Australia away from it. Yeah. Uh, and ironically, there's the poorest community in Australia is called Utopia. Really? Strange Utopia, name. Right? Yeah, strange name. That's foolish. Yeah. It's a fool. They trick you. You're like, Utopia, there's probably a garden, there's probably tons of moose meat, there's like, whatever. And then you get there and you're like, fuck. It's yeah. just concrete walls and fucking dirt, probably. Aboriginal people are still dying from diseases that, you know, we vaccinated, vaccinated out a long time ago. Yeah. It's just, it's awful. Yeah, in that way, they're similar to the plight of, uh, I don't, I said blacks before, but African-American, I don't know what's PC, I don't really give a fuck, but, uh, um, in that sense, because people of color in, in America, you know, we had them as slaves, and then even now, like, our, our prisons are filled with people with, like, minor crimes, and that are in there for years for shit they probably, they shouldn't be in there for, and, like, so much prejudice against it, you know, mm. which, which kind of we have, I wanted to talk about that, um, as well, mm-hmm. was when you came to it, you came on your vacation, did you plan it beforehand, or did you just show up in New York City, and it was like happening, so you got involved, or was that a pre-meditated thing? Yeah, so we planned, 
Sorry uh, to change the subject, but it was so, a good segue. So. No worries. <laughs> um, yeah, for the first week that we were coming to America, we decided, let's go to New York. Yeah. Uh, Lisa, my wife, wanted to go and see all the Broadway shows. You want to see uh, the lights? <laughs> the bright lights of New York. So I went and seen two Broadway shows, but then the rest of the time I kind of sat in a bookshop. Um, which is really cool, and there was people in there who would know, you know, what's happening on the ground, and I knew that, you know, uh, you know, something, something might happen. You know, activists try to stay, keep their, uh, keep their uh, ears open, know when big, when things happen, so that they can respond, because, you know, that's the way that you influence things. And I was just, it was the last day I was in New York. I didn't see it coming, but. A friend of mine I made in New York was posted on the Instagram was like, "Oh man, there's a you know a rally happening over in uh, Union Square." Nice. And I was like, "Snap!" And then technology. It was, it was already midday, so I was like, "Ah, oh, do I just keep chilling and talk to more awesome people, or do I go to this rally?" And uh, there was two people sitting next to me, so I started chatting to them, and um, uh, we were actually talking about you know is. Uh, is protest even worthwhile? Is it effective and whatnot? You were talking about to the about that prior. Yeah, yeah, it's funny. <laughs> and then they were like, "Oh, you should definitely go to that that protest. It's your last day in New York." So I was like, "All right, I'll go along." But I had no clue that it would escalate, you know, so quickly and just spread across the whole U.S. In which protest is this for the people listening? Yeah, so this is a Black Lives Matter protest. Yeah. Because um, uh, two guys, I mean, three guys were recently killed. Uh, there was Alton Sterling, who was killed on Tuesday, Philando Castile on Thursday, and before that, which just came to light because uh, of, you know, police footage, uh, of uh, footage of the incident, uh, Delron Small on the 4th of July. Whoa. Hold so, on, before we go forward, I want to note that Sammy has a little little booklet that he has with him right now, and it's got, you know, what is it, a little notebook, and you wrote this stuff down. Yeah, yeah, I mean, it's always helps. Uh, if you think something is important, it's worthwhile to reflect on things. And, um, you know, one great way to reflect is to take notes, you know? It's so that, you know, your thoughts just don't come and go. They, they are down on the paper, and you can come back to them and reflect on them, add to them, delete them, mend them. Yeah. Whatever you gotta do. My mind's not quite as clean as yours, but I have these notes. Do you see them? Mm-hmm. It's pertaining to skateboarding, not activism, but I guess skateboarding could be activism in some sense. But, uh, yeah, yours is a better system. I need a notebook. <laughs> <laughs> I just, like, crumpled up paper and stuff, but it's all stuff I come back to because I wrote it down. I know it's important, and I want to revisit that and work on it and bit, keep it growing, you know? Like, yeah, that's right. That's cool. And especially when facts are, facts are di disputed, you want to be as clear as possible Yeah. and, you know, not, you know... Uh, uh, confuse people <laughs> yeah or yeah. you know uh, unfairly influence things that are going to have trials afterwards and things like that yeah yeah uh, I mean the police what I noticed because I followed some cases where you know police have shot people and then the story keeps shifting and shifting and well shifting. let's go with these ones that you just told me tell me about them because I don't know much about them to be honest I've heard stuff I just know there's brutality going on and I know there's injustice but there's details yeah so I mean um, the, the, the name that was on everyone's lips, uh, on Saturday when we were, uh, when we were on the street, you know, thousands of us were on the street, you know. Crazy. And <laughs> whereabouts again? Right in New York? Well, we went from Union Square all the way to Times Square, oh, yeah. and then we locked down all of Times Square, 
in the streets the whole time. And before we go forward, what do you mean by that? Who's in this rally? Like, how do you lock something down? Like, is it this or like the organization side of it? Yeah, you're gonna like this bit because right. <laughs> I know you're hyped on technology. Yeah, it's very much so. But um, yeah, totally used utilized all the social media, Twitter and Facebook, and you know the word gets out, and it's almost in in a go- organic formation where people from all over the city city come. Uh, you know, depending on where they're closest to, you know, people will flock to Union Square, others will flock to Times Square, others will flock in Brooklyn. And what was so unique about this protest was that I was in Union Square, you know, with hundreds of people. And someone was like, oh, just coming in on social media. Oh, they they took Times Square. You're getting, and, like, uh, real-time updates? Yeah, real-time <laughs> updates. And they're like, all right, if, if anyone can, make your way down there, subway or whatever you got to do. So then I was like, oh, snap. So I skated across all the way across this, you know, Manhattan to get to Times Square. So fun. I was like, forget the subway. I don't know how to use it anyways. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> just a little bit too much information, bro. <laughs> yeah. And then I'm, I'm, I'm rolling up to Times Square filming and it's, you know, surreal police like pushes me off the street and onto the curb. And then we have the whole section locked down. Uh, you know, cars can't move through. People can't move through. Uh, How are you doing that though? Just be, just by sheer mass, sheer numbers. You're not physically trying to restrain anyone or any bullshit like that. No, nope, nope, like, definitely not. The yeah. police are the ones who start to do that. So then they kind of clear people out of the square, make this box formation, and then they play their announcement like, "If you stay in the road, we're gonna arrest you." They start barking stuff on their bullhorns. Yeah, uh, they just have a. Pr- uh, a recording that they play through their bullet. Oh, they don't even give you, like, the opportunity of conversation. It's just straight recorded. Yeah. Like, fuck you guys. <laughs> we've been through this. <laughs> <laughs> and then because we've got, ex- you know, there's experienced people there who've been doing this for years because they just keep killing people and people keep responding. And um, so once that happens, once the police start doing those announcements and start pushing people out, we know that we got to keep moving. Yeah. So then we... Because take... you know it could escalate and get crazy. So does it get to that point? Like, yeah. do you feel it, the tide's changing? Well, um... Can you feel it getting intense? Yeah, it gets intense, but um, luckily there's experienced people who know, all right, it's better to keep uh, disrupting, you know, the normalcy of the situation and move rather than to have this... Uh, head-to-head confrontation with the police yeah so then we move out of that square and we keep going but we're in the street so all the the whole square is still locked down with the traffic yeah and then we go we're moving we're moving uh and then the police their tactic is basically to try and get us off of the street onto the sidewalk because in the streets dangerous and you're fucking up the flow of business people have to get to work right yep well uh, yep. Especially Basically. in New York. Definitely. De- New York's about work, 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 work. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, like I said about reflection, you know, this is a, a perfect opportunity for someone to go, why is the, why is everything slowed down? Why can't I move? What's going on? Boom. Cause, questions. You know, questions come up instantly. Yeah. You're like, whoa, is there a terrorist attack? Is yeah. there a but... moose in the road? <laughs> it, you don't know the severity. Definitely. If it was a moose, you know. They would be serious. <laughs> in, in, in New York, you know, it would be right. Yeah, it would be super crazy. It would be fucking up fucking Ubers, and I don't even know if the taxis are still there. Yeah. But, yeah. So, I mean, when, when uh, you know, situations are so drastic, you know, people can eat, uh, not to make it even or, but, you know, people can either go towards, you know, violence yeah. because they're so desperate and pushed to the margins, or the other, you know, what everyone seems to be doing and has been doing for so long is that, you know, non-violent protest. It may disrupt people's day, 
But because they're so pushed to the floor, you know, we don't have the media, we don't have a way to be heard, um, and these awful things keep happening. What we say is, you know, it's better to peacefully protest and disrupt people for a short period of time to be able to get that some of that media attention. Yeah. Um, so that's that's the tactic, you know. Nice. Um, so we kept going, kept marching, and um, police kept pushing us to the margins and whatnot. But we just had so many people, and people just kept joining in, which was a real morale booster. And we just kept taking the streets back over, and the the police, you know, they were really working off. Uh, you know, uh, they were working. Their, they were earning their paycheck that day for yeah, sure. They were playing <laughs> cat and mouse. But we marched for so long. I was going to ask you, what was your trek? The where'd you go? Where'd you start? And where'd you end? Yeah, from Union Square to Times Square, all the pa- all the way past. Um, uh, Central Park, Gnarly. and we ended at um, the George Washington Bridge. And the whole way you're going, you're having resistance from the cops, so you're constantly having to like play chess with them and make another move? Yeah, definitely. And here's, here's the crazy part, is that the protest I was in, you know, hundreds, it was like thousands of people, it ended up coming to the square, and we gave, you know, there's people who gave speeches, and who were like, you know, like, it's so important to keep this going, and all this, and then it started to peter out. And then I just started to walk away. And it was just this another protest that was thousands of people. Oh, you said it was even bigger than the one before, even right? Even bigger than the one before. And I was like, wait a second, where did that come from? Holy shit. I had no clue. And You hadn't checked your Twitter in a while. Yeah. Or your Facebook or whatever one you're using. <laughs> and I was on my skateboard, so I skated back to where people were still lingering. And I was like, hey, there's another huge march. We got like, some live action going on over here. There's a way. session. There's a session going on. That way. So then... <laughs> And everyone started joining in with that march. That march became phenomenally huge. It was giant. And then we just kept going. There was no way the police could block us down. And then it was crazy. Once we got so far past Central Park, um, the police started to do all these tactical moves that you're talking about, like a chessboard. Yeah. Where they would try and like get the cars in front of us and uh, block us in. And when we came to the square, they were trying to like close down the whole square. And there was this really inspiring moment with this one lady who was like, we've been doing this for two years, you know? This is the exact same tactic they used two year, last oh, year because it was and about the year to, before. They were about, people were about to be like, yeah, we're, we're done. And she kind of gave the the moment speech where yeah. it was like, let's keep the fire burning. Yeah, yeah. So just like the previous square, people were like, all right, you know, let's keep the fire burning, but, you know, it's time to end. People got to go to work tomorrow. <laughs> shit. And then she was like, no. And then <laughs> she's like, I ain't got shit to do tomorrow. <laughs> no. And people, people couldn't hear her. So everyone was like, get on the stage, get on the stage, which was just, you know, the base of a monument. Yeah. And then she was like, let's do this. And, you know, she was like, let's go that way. It'll break through their you know, their move that they've just set up against us. She saw the extra move. She's like, the king has not been toppled yet. Yeah. I have another move. Let's not give up yet. It was pretty amazing. And then we kept going, and it felt like the uh, the movie Les Miserables. Yeah. Um, because we would sometimes cut through side streets, and all the apartments, and the streets are really small, and the apartments go all the way up. Yeah. And, you know, we're chanting, you know, Black Lives Matter, Black Lives Matter. Um, How many people? thousands of people man it must be the audio experience there it must you must have chills and it must feel you could probably feel it in your heart oh man yeah it was echoing and reverber- reverberating and it was really a movie scene because all the lights would flick on you're in the fucking world's capital new york yeah. city too which is pretty crazy <laughs> where the towers the, they made the strike on the towers which is crazy to think to put it in perspective 
Yeah, yeah, so much traffic. <laughs> and there's a lot of poverty in New York City as well, so... For sure. But all these lights are flickering on, and, and you know, in in the movies you always hear someone yell at the window, like, Fuck you! <laughs> Shut up! I didn't hear any of that. It was only people, like, raising their fists and being Sick. like, Yeah! Or, like, chanting along, and Whoa. it was amazing. And you could see people come down and join into the march. It was so Even trippy. the people that have jobs and work are like, Yeah, yeah. we still gotta voice ourselves. And people, every time someone would honk a horn, everyone would be like, Yeah! <laughs> And then as we were coming towards, this happened several times, but we would come towards a uh, square, and you would see the police trying to do their formation up ahead. Yeah. And then everyone would just start running. Gnarly. Because <laughs> you know that you had to, like, get into the square. They're damming the... it up. They're making a dam. we got to yeah. breach the dam before it's dammed. <laughs> it was so amazing. And that would, you know, build more momentum and energy, and people would keep going. And at one point, we were trying to, like, stop the police from following us with kind of, you know, metal barriers and stuff. Gnarly. And then I, to get to the end, I guess, there were so many exciting things that happened, but we tried to take the George Washington Bridge, and uh, we beat the police to the bridge, but uh, only only half of the march got onto the bridge, yeah. and then the police swooped in and blocked it, and then they just started arresting people who got onto the bridge. Oh, this is where I was like, yeah, you became a white guy real quick, you're like, <laughs> and you tried to, you're like, you had your skateboard, they're like, he's not in this protest. Yeah, definitely, if they were going to arrest someone, they were not going to arrest me first. Yeah, it's a Black Lives Matter, so, a Black Lives Matter rally, so you're like, I imagine, how, what was the ratio in ethnicity and skin color and all that? Um, so it was, it was mostly African American people. Yeah. Uh, but I mean, there was, there was even people from all around the world, you know, there's people from, you know, uh, the Middle East and from, uh, kind of, uh, Eastern European nice. and stuff like that. At but least, there were white people. Um, yeah, there were definitely white, you're white, white people. You're white, so you're, we had one. Yeah, yeah. There was more. Yeah, I could, I could spot, you know, a bunch. Nice, nice. That's but, a, awesome. but interestingly, there was a lot less white people as we came towards the end of the rally. Oh, really? <laughs> they used their whiteness, maybe. They're, I don't know. I don't know what the deal is with that. <laughs> They're like, oh. Maybe they weren't as impassioned. <laughs> I mean, that's amazing, though. Like, because you know, everyone's fight is the same. You know, it's everyone's responsibility mm. to take on that responsibility. If there's injustice, yeah. No matter what color or gender or whatever. You know, like, no matter what, it's like, everyone's a human, right? Yeah. That's the bottom line, I think. And a beautiful moment was we whenever... We should all make those moves to embedder it. Yeah, when yeah. the police were threatening, you know, there was always a few, you know, threatening cops who just looked like they were on roids and, like, had their baton out. Like, they've been waiting for it. Yeah. There's <laughs> people that... I have a theory, because, like, I think being a cop's such an impossible job, you know? It's yeah, so sure. gnarly. So, like... There's people, though, that have that aggression and built up stuff that seek positions of power to carry guns and to enforce yeah. laws. And, like, imagine those people. And the cops are everybody, you know? I'm mm -hmm. sure there's every person from every walk of life is their police officer, you know? Like, but definitely it must be crazy to want to take on that responsibility. Mm. Like, you told me. Remember, I was like, I don't want to carry a gun and enforce laws, especially yeah. if I don't fully believe in all of them. Like, imagine it. Like, holy shit. Definitely. I, I mean, you can be the nicest guy, but once you step into that role, you know, you have to, you know, you have to patrol neighborhoods that are more impoverished and uh, look, more to... more made up of African-Americans and Latinos and stuff. 
more often. You know, that's within their policy. So yeah. what are you going to see more often? Yeah. You're going to see more often of those crimes because that's within the policy. Yeah. And math. that's your role to fulfill that policy. And there's mathematics behind that. Definitely. And we, I should mean, be able to, we should be able to add those up and see where, if it's productive or not. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, every survey that I see is that, you know, People are using drugs. Um, oh, but the problem is across that the, uh, equally across races and everything, yeah. and across classes too. Yeah. But um, what happens is that disproportionately, Africans and African Americans and Latinos and people of color are getting arrested more for it. Yeah. And that's partly because of those policies they have to go to those communities more frequently. And they have policies like stopping and frisking people. Yeah. And they even have policies of racially profiling. Not really. Yeah. Insti institutionalized racism. Yeah, and that's why it's important to say that word because, you know, you can be the nicest cop ever and, you know, respect that person as a person because every person deserves that. But at the same time, they've stepped into this role where they have to follow these policies. You have to wear procedures. a uniform. If you're on the team, there's rules, bro. Yeah, for sure, right. <laughs> you yeah. can't play baseball if I you're know on the sports. basketball team. I know sports very well. <laughs> the problem is the mathematics do add up. But the thing is, the mathematics only add up for those profiting off of making misery for any person, you know what I mean? And d hiding the truth. So the people that own the prisons and the governments and the, all these policies, the mathematics add up in their favor. Mm. It's a profit-driven scheme, and that's like a horrible thing to look at humans as numbers, you know? You devalue them, you know? Yeah. It's really? insane. And they do it through race and through income, and there's classes. Does Australia have classes? Yeah, certainly. I mean, every... What's the titles, though? Like, in we have a big middle class, supposedly, in America. I'd, mm -hmm. like, to, mm -hmm. I'd like to see statistics on that and make sure. Yeah. I, but what is, it, what is it? I mean... For Australia... It's it's the it's the same, but um, do you guys call it a middle class? Uh, what's the terms? The same. Term? Yeah, so that's the most kind of that's the generic and most accepted way is to say, you know, uh, middle class, uh, lower class, or working class, middle class, and then you know, upper or you know whatever class. Yeah, more that's, well off. That's the most accepted way that even... financially, that's what this is based on. Mm. That's where the numbers add up again. But, I mean, where it comes into play that it's most important is, like, uh, how much capital do they own? How much uh, land and buildings uh, do they own? Yeah. How much money do they have? Um, what sort of positions are they in that have influence and power? Like, if they gave people jobs in the community? Yeah, if they sure. had a business where they employed a lot of people? Yeah, or if they're, you know, they have anything to do with policy creation, like being a senator or a counselor or whatever. Yeah. Yeah, like, so there's a whole bunch of things that go into the mix of, you know, creating a class. And, um, but most of the time when people talk about class, they're just talking about wages. Yeah. How much money do you make? Yes. Yeah, so which is really one dimensional. Very much so. Mm. Because indigenous people probably lived a very uh, upper class life before it was destroyed. Mm. You know what I mean? Before there became a profit-driven scheme about numbers and keeping food from people and however it turned into the chaos that yeah. it has, you know? Where we devalue the lives of humans instead of the quality of the lives. Like, the quality of our lives is what's re our real wealth, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Our rides. So, like, if government makes it hard for you to have a great experience and they put you at disadvantages and shit and policies that we need to shatter and redefine... And be brave enough to do so. Yeah. Like, 
And I mean, sorry, sorry for the yeah. Tangent. The only way we can do that is work by working together. And a great example um, during the protest of working together was whenever the cops threatened in a certain situation, uh, people was, everyone would start chanting, you know, white allies in the front, white allies in the front, See, you know, so to that, show support. Yeah, to show solidarity, to say that you know you're less you're less likely to be arrested. You should be in the front. Yeah, use them as shields. I yeah. like the way of thinking. I do. Yeah. Why don't white crime would be a fun thing to watch? And the more ex- <laughs> just kidding, by the way, I don't want anyone crying. But <laughs> and I mean, the more experience, the more you do it, the more you realize these are these are, there are maneuvers that you can use, even though you're so uh, you know have so much less power. Yeah. You can still the art of war. Still, you can the still war, for yeah, sure. be yeah. tactical and give them a run for their money and show that, you know, you are somebody and we can we can chant, you know, whose streets are streets. Yeah, that's you know? dope. Yeah. We run this shit, especially in New York City. Mm. I think Jay-Z had the song. <laughs> <laughs> um, so good. But yeah, that saying uh, is so often chanted at, at marches that I've been to, but in New York, I felt like we really gave substance to it, you know? For sure. Because we really took the streets and the cops could not shut us down. And those are the wildest, some of the wildest streets in the world. Mm. To put it into perspective, mm-hmm. New York, think about the heritage and the history and the... it's. It's, it was a financial capital, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. It was intense. <laughs> <laughs> was that your first time ever involved in something like that? Uh, to that, to that, that large. Yeah. Certainly, but, no, I've been to many protests, and, yeah, I mean, South Australia's pretty small, our city's population is one million. Australia's so. population is pretty small. Yeah, Australia as a whole is, like, like 24 million, Which so. is, like, L.A. <laughs> it's like pretty small. Like, the population small. of, that, like, one spot in America. Yeah. But your land's bigger, or huge. Yeah, our land is about the same size as America. Which really? is amazing to see it imposed over the, the U.S. map. We're just a little bit taller, and you're a little bit fatter. But the land hey, hey, is hey, watch same. it, bro. Watch <laughs> it. Was that a jab at our diet? Not exactly. We It was. Uh, it was not intentionally, but it came out. <laughs> a few years ago, we actually talked to you in obesity rates. Oh, shit. Take yeah. that. <laughs> Kangaroo that? meat's not so good for you anymore, huh? That's right. I don't know where it is at now, but yeah, we're definitely up there, you know, in the top ten of being obese. So. That's gnarly. For sure. <laughs> Do you guys have those weird ass uh, hover things that people ride around on? Yeah, we do. We do. Things are so strange. Yeah, I don't know about those things. <laughs> I mean, that would have make the, made the march a lot easier if I just rode around on one of those. You had a skateboard, bro. You could ollie. I did. You could pick it up and run with it. You could ditch it in a bush. You won't have a battery that's leaking everywhere. I'm imagining it's run off a battery, right? Or yeah, something. it is. Yeah. God damn it. <laughs> Your, yours is way better. Um, we were going to go, I wanted to go from here, so, New York. So you want to leave New York? Kind of, not really. I want to talk about Australia more, though. Um, like, so how many years have you lived in Australia? Uh, about seven. Okay. And the arrest was in America? Arrest? No, you've lived in America, you went to Nepal, you did, why were you in Nepal again? Um... At the time, I just, uh, I understood that we're, that I'm kind of in a bubble in America. Yeah. And, uh... Well, we talked about this last time, but yeah. I'd like to hear it again. But yeah, kind of in a bubble in America, and I had, uh, been at uni kind of 
exploring a bit more of world history. College, uni is college. Yeah, college, and uh, that's what we call it in Australia. And um, yeah, it was just mind-blowing to see all of this uh, history around the world. What were they showing you in world history? That's what they're showing you, all these different cultures, and yeah, they're just telling you the intricacies of them? Yeah, certainly. And I mean, in high school in America, we pretty much just studied U.S. history Yeah. to a limited extent. And I got to college and there was all this craziness stuff. And I was like, whoa, like things are really bad in other countries. How is this even possible? How is there such extreme wealth here and extreme poverty over there? Yeah. You know, how is two billion people living on less than two dollars a day? How is that possible? Yeah. I couldn't I couldn't do the sums in my head. And I was I was just so internally conflicted that I was like, I need to go somewhere to some other country. I need to see this. I need to feel this. Like, I'm feeling it so passionately now. If I go there and I see that, I feel like my sense of reality will merge back into one sense of reality, Yeah, I suppose. And uh, when I went there, it was it was definitely as I read, you know. Yeah. You know, I, got, I left the airport in Nepal and there was uh, just little kids with no shoes selling newspapers and we were driving at high speeds in the most da- like most dangerous traffic I've ever seen. And, yeah, I thought I was going to die. I thought they were going to die. <laughs> but what, that was just when I left the airport for, you know, two minutes. <laughs> yeah. What, what gave you the inkling to, like, search outside of the States? Was it that, was it going to college? What, what made you allow to receive that information and take it in? Some people don't even care. <laughs> yeah. Not to judge anyone, I'm just saying there's spectrums of people, and there's some people that are like, I'm only here. Like, they're, they're only in front of their face. I know one of your favorite movies is Forrest Gump. Maybe there was uh. a certain gun aspect, because I had traveled all the way from Massachusetts to Florida and then to Arizona, and then I was in Arizona, I was like, well, might as well keep going. <laughs> <laughs> and you do have a rather gumpish beard at that point, because, yeah. like, he has that pretty much, and it gets a lot longer, but I yeah. could see it. And it, you know, I had to be, you know, it was really st- stuck in my mind, because I had no money. So, yeah. I was I was working, but I was a waiter, not earning much tips. Guys with beards don't earn as much tips. Yeah, <laughs> and uh, especially like uh, after nine eleven, that was like way tougher to have a beard for sure. I bet definitely. <laughs> and um, so I actually had to fundraise a significant amount of that money nice. on top of what I was working to go overseas to just give away my time and energy. And oh, you did volunteer work. In I just home. volunteered yeah. in a children's home, um, and. Yeah, there was no, you know, there was no prospect of getting a job from that or earning any money from that. So, uh, yeah, it probably was, wasn't the were, wisest move in yeah, terms but of it careers. Seems, but it, was, <laughs> it seems you're searching for for uh, an experience. Yeah, I was searching to kind of just, you know, have my two minds into one mind so that I could be a person again, I suppose. Well, not be a person again, but... Be connected. Yeah, I don't know. I just I've always I've I wouldn't say always, but my childhood memory so uh, lost that you know I have this sense of like why is this happening to us um, and not happening to everyone? You know why is why can't I join the basketball team or the baseball team? But all my friends or all the people I see can just easily go and get a ride there and have the money for the fees yeah. and afford the uniforms and, and all that stuff. And I was like. You know, that, that sense has always been with me, and uh, I think that's, you know, 
part of what I was trying to explore. Like, why is this manifesting in the world around me? Yeah. Yeah. It's crazy because in America, too, the stuff that they broadcast is not the normality. You know, it's like an extreme. So people lust after extremes, you mm. know, in those things. And it's like, that's kind of scary, you know. But the fundamentals should be covered, you know. When you look in... Um, the thing that I've always cared about was, like, the the stability aspect. I'm sure you agree with that much. Like, making sure you have somewhere to sleep and there's not going to be any violence and there's no bullshit. And mm. if it comes from within your family, that's the worst. Like, you know what yeah. I mean? Like, that type of shit, like, For sure. shakes you up from normality as a young kid. When you're dealing with shit as a young kid, you know? Mm-hmm. When safety is compromised, you know what I mean? When you don't know where home is sometimes. Yeah money to the fucking point like when you don't have money you know mm. what i mean like that shit is like so important <laughs> yeah yeah i mean people always talk about the american dream and yeah the american dream is you know anyone get a job and work the way up from the bottom and you can get a house and you know. it's a beautiful story i be- i want to believe you know yeah and i mean it's it's great for those who get it but there's so many people who don't and um yeah that my ex- personal experience was just in conflict with that and i had to how to kind of seek out, you know, why is this and why is that? And I, I think I still hold that today. Yeah, mm. that's good. Yeah, for sure. It seems like um, one of those situations, like growing up, like in a situation like we did, is that it's a gift and a curse, you know? Mm. It feels that way. But uh, it's just yeah. weird to transition, I guess. That's the way the, the curse part feels because you have to grow and change and like you have to take on the weight of a lot of shit at a young age that... Some people never experience, you know, and to to get back to even just normalcy is almost impossible for people. So, but I knew I could make it because there was this one guy in my life. I don't know if you know him, Bob was, Ross. It was Bob Ross. <laughs> <laughs> Were you going there? No, I was gonna say. Oh it. shit! I, I was you... actually gonna say you, but oh, sick! Thank you. Man. <laughs> I knew I knew someone in our family could make it because you were you were hustling so hard and. Um, I heard you say Bob Ross. <laughs> I mean, Bob Ross. He certainly hustled and he made it. <laughs> he did. He did. He got, Bob but we don't Ross, know his background. We don't know his background. We know a background. bit, though. We, we searched into it. He was in the... In a, didn't he have a general... What was he? He was in the military. Military. Yeah, yeah. And he... I know his show is pretty epic. He just paints and he talks about it and narrates it and tells yeah. people how awesome painting is. So- and for anyone listening, Bob Ross is the dude who painted for like 30 years on PBS. Yeah, he created <laughs> on TV. He was creating creating and showing people creating creation is awesome, you know? Yeah. For 30 years, that's what he chose to put his life into. It's so beautiful to me. And then he like, all the shit. He owned the company too. I looked at the end of the credits, Bob Ross Inc. Because mm-hmm, mm-hmm. to me, that's like a rad thing. I yeah. think that's like prosperity to me. When you can create something and you can get other people involved and it can all help each other and like everyone can benefit from it and have pride and like something to work towards you know and Mm. develop towards and then to 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 have that Mm -hmm. for a community to own that that it's it's not a job you know it's like you guys have created something together yeah you know and chose to like-minded people chose to come together and create something Mm. And then it becomes prosperous and people can take care of their basic needs. That's, like, beautiful. Yeah. So for Bob Ross to, like... 
<laughs> own that that and like I I saw like did you see that community in New York he had at that one video he yeah, had all yeah. these people out there watching him paint and then they were had they brought all their paints and paintings were showing it to each other. it was so sick yeah definitely <laughs> interested to read a, a Bob Ross autobiography for sure yeah the, I, the, he might have something dirty in his closet I don't know yeah. about <laughs> I don't know that much about Bob Ross but from an outside perspective I'm like that dude somehow pulled it off he got the American dream by with painting mm. creating art. Yeah, that's I mean, beautiful. That's sometimes so you and can... sharing it, and that's where his career came in. Is he shared it? Mm. Not awesome. Go ahead. I'm sorry. Yeah. I was just saying that you can use an anchor sometimes to kind of keep you sane and keep you going. And yeah. you know, for us, I think you know, skateboarding was was that thing. Skateboarding for sure was like in my in our lives for sure. I just been skating with you. You've been skating yeah. nonstop. Yeah, you switched nose to hubba like it was no thing. <laughs> yeah, but I mean. I guess my experience was a bit different than yours, um, in that, you know, it wasn't really, I didn't really, I didn't get, I didn't get us, I didn't get on flow for a company, um, to give me this idea that I could be sponsored or anything like that. Yeah. Um, so, you know, high school wasn't great, so I really just wanted to get through it, and I was able to get C's and D's and whatnot, but, um, I had this... Uh, this anchor, this thing outside of school that didn't make school my absolute buttle, bubble. And, um, you know, I could leave school and I could do this interest in that, and it was fun and my friends were doing it and, you know, it kept me from, you know, stressing out about what's happening in school or uh, doing other things. And, uh, yeah, it was like an anchor. I could just really be creative with this interest and yeah. yeah, you can have something that allows you to be expressive and have community and mm. like you can be a part of it no matter whether you like everyone gets on the team if they care. Yeah, if you care to put effort into things like skateboarding is a ball of clay. And that was great, you know. I didn't have to, like I said before, I didn't have to pay any fees. Yeah, hell no. I didn't have to wear a uniform. You're fucking in. I, <laughs> <laughs> I just wanted to have fun. I could do it by myself. I could do it with other people. You sure you weren't trying to compete? Maybe with yourself? Test your limits? See I think what you could do? When I was younger, certainly, you know, I'd get angry if I'd lose a game of skate. Yeah. Uh, I think once I threw my skateboard at Duheimer. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking Duheimer. <laughs> but yeah, that, that comes with, you know, you can't separate yourself from the culture that surrounds you. And in, a, in Massachusetts and I think America as a whole, it's very competitive and people, yeah, compare themselves to one another and... Yeah. So I couldn't fully... There's No one can fully escape from the culture they're immersed in. Yeah, you have to transcend it. You have to grow past it. Mm. You have to learn and adapt when you're surrounded by everything. Like, yeah. Even if you are a black sheep, it's very easy to get sucked into those norm, mm. normal normalities, you know, and like... Yeah, but more and more as I've gone on, I've realized, you know, that there's, you know, there's consequences to being competitive and comparing yourself to other people and... You know, I can see it in, because I'm a teacher in a primary school, I can see it in kids, you know, when they compare themselves to other students, they're actually less inclined to learn because they're interested or, you know, whatever, um, because they go, oh, oh, you know, well, I'm going to do horrible on the test anyways, Yeah. or, oh, what does it matter? It's not going to get me a job and things like that. Yeah. And, uh, you know that person over there is smarter than me, so what's the point? And <laughs> these sorts of things are, uh, you know, block people from, you know, becoming fuller people, you know, going after them, just loving things yeah. that deep. And, uh, yeah, it's really detrimental, and I even see it in skateboarding, too. Um, 
some homies I skateboard with, um, they, we talk about it all the time. So they're, you know, they always say that, you know, it's hard not to compare myself to other people at the skate park. Yeah. And it makes me not want to skate as much. And that's so sad you yeah. know, to have this beautiful thing and not be able to fully express yourself because of this culture that says compare yourself, compete with other people, you know? Yeah. And, but I like, if we're going to, in America, if we're going to idolize anyone, it should be, we just, he just passed Muhammad Ali. Hmm. He said, I'm the greatest. Certainly. And then his actions backed it up. Mm-hmm. Not just physically, but like he made real life decisions yeah, yeah. W- under mass scrutiny with real, real shit at Jeopardy. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Certainly. For principles and ideals and, yeah. And he was competing with himself. He's the greatest, mm-hmm. but he believed it, you know. Like, <laughs> yeah, on the on a day to day basis, it's detrimental, I think, to people. But on a, in in uh, the way things are, you have to compete yeah. because there the are conflicts. Set. Yeah. Oh, you know? what you're saying. And yeah. Muhammad Ali knew he was up against, you know, the government practically. You know, yeah. he said, "I'm not going to fight in Vietnam." He said. You know, the people in Vietnam have never done anything to me or the African-American community, but my government continues to, you know, beat us and kill us and all this stuff. So why am I going to go, you know, thousands of miles over there yeah. to kill these guys who have done, done nothing to us? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he he lost his license to box. He, you know, was threatened with jail. The cost uh, was He great. lost all of his money. Yeah. It was insane. And he... He fought so hard, and he came back, and he won the title back, and everything, and he, you know, it was yeah. amazing. He made his mark. He did. He he didn't falter his beliefs. You know, he didn't. Mm. He kept his word. He really believed that deeply to to go that far. You know, because mm. so a lot of people are full of bullshit. <laughs> yeah. And sometimes it's us. Sometimes you know, like it's everybody. It's full of bullshit. You know, but then you redefine what's important. As you find your needs, you start to go, oh, these are the things that I have to fight for mm-hmm. because they'll be taken away. Yeah. Even so, I look at skateboarding like that. Yeah. There's no democracy. There's no freedom of speech unless you're constantly reinforcing yeah. that these things are important values. These are what make our society happen. You yeah. Know? Yeah. Definitely. Yeah, I see it in the skateboarding in the sense, like, I went from being sponsored, so I was, like, sponsored by these brands, and they gave me this uh, validation and pro status, and they put me in magazines and videos, and, mm. and uh, but they owned it all, you know? Yeah. So it was, like, when they wanted to take it away, when I was no longer valuable, even though this is my life, the mm. hours I invest into skating and filming and my, like, the nights I couldn't sleep tossing and turning dreaming about the creating the video parts and mm. being a part of all this cool stuff into like and then they could take that all away you yeah. know like the stuff that you're things that you built and created and cared for and then um but yeah that's well now it's just all i need you know the where we went with that but yeah <laughs> no, but that's a that's an important principle you know whoever yeah. whoever owns the thing can control it bob ross status <laughs> bob ross status yeah and then there's gatekeepers Hopefully as well. he did nothing wrong. Disclaimer. Yeah. So I'm looking at Bob Ross and make sure nothing that, like, you know, Michael with the weird child stuff. Like, yeah. let's look into that. Surface value is epic at the moment. <laughs> but I imagine, you know, he's not without flaw. I keep wanting to turn Bob yeah, Ross into Jesus was... Christ. I kept saying that. He's like, <laughs> Jesus. He's like, Jesus. <laughs> with an afro. <laughs> no disrespect. I really idolize Bob Ross from the little I know. Too good. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
I've been hyped that we've been skating, Sam. Yeah. We've had two sessions now. Yeah. Three, technically. Well, you skated a little bit yesterday. Yeah, Fairhaven. Lives, it's called Livesey Skate Park. Yep, it's really Livesey Skate Park, the yeah. edge, and no, in front of No Problemo session. The curbs and the cobblestone and the brick and yeah. stuff. I love skating around there. That's my favorite. Oh my gosh, I ate so much No Problemo last What did night. you get? What was the order? What was uh, your initial order? Because I know you ate other people's stuff, you pig. <laughs> you, know, you did, didn't you? Yeah, yeah. Called that. I finished maybe three other people's meals. So. I called that. Yeah. But I it's no problem. I'm not going to get it for another five years. Yeah, it's no problem. <laughs> it's no problem. I don't remember the name of the burrito I had, but it was the one with avocado. Oh, it was the California burrito. That's nice. Nice. Yeah. yeah it's, it, it's also good. We were talking about it. Everything's so fresh, and it's just like, they just kill it. I don't know. And it's skater own, which is insane to me. Yeah. is awesome, and he employs all these skateboarders, and it's yeah. so cool. And these skateboarders girlfriends and families and wives it's like so cool my friend lydia was came she's an old friend from uh high school and she was like like the skateboards are around on the ground <laughs> and i was like yeah yeah there's some on the wall all the skateboarders are in the shop <laughs> people working yeah the dish dogs are carrying and they skate all these people are skateboarders yeah. it's just yeah it's amazing that you know that skateboarding culture can create something beautiful that is almost Seems like it's separate from skateboarding, but, you know, skateboarders got to eat, too. <laughs> skateboarders are human beings and have to worry about paying their bills and falling in love and getting over their bullshit. Everybody. For sure. We have such a huge community of, like, awesome people, you know? Mm. That's another thing in skateboarding that used to always bother me was, like, sometimes the most ec- epic skateboarders weren't the dudes doing the biggest rails, you mm-hmm. know, or the whatever, so they're never in the magazines or in there or anything. And when the media was controlled by, like, just magazines and just whoever would make the videos, like, when it was harder to get content out there, mm. it was like they dictated who was the cool people and could get paid and be, yeah. you know, like... That's what I call gatekeepers. Gatekeepers, yeah. yeah. But now it's like, I don't know, it's awesome that we have all this podcast stuff and video stuff where you can see. Like, Nick Don Pierre is a prime example of someone like that. Mm. That's like, he had all these sponsors and then they dropped him, he got in an accident, hurt his neck... And then, like, he kind of redefined himself through fitness. Mm. And he's, like, super... And he still skateboards, clearly, because he fucking yeah. loves skating. He's shredding, like... It. It's not like he's he's just redirected his uh, efforts, you know? And he still skates. And it all... It it carries each other. It's beautiful. Yeah, certainly. And, I mean, even, even with activism, you know, these social media and cameras more available and higher quality are really affecting it. Yeah. Like, this dude, Philando uh, Castile, got... Uh, killed by police in Minnesota, and right after he was killed, uh, his wa- his 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 girlfriend and baby were in the car at the right. same time, and she she uh, live streamed it. Whoa. Whoa, that was ironic that that happened. Is that yeah. the word? What's the word? Or scary? <laughs> <laughs> That's been going on, dude. It's yeah. in, in my neighborhood. Fireworks, I think. I think so I too. So. Maybe once a day. We did just have those bunch Fourth of fireworks. July. Yeah, that would make it. Yeah, and then another dude, uh, Delron Small, got killed on Fourth of July too. Not really. But anywho, back to Philando, his his girl. Forget Did you me. say anywho? Yeah, <laughs> anywho's my favorite. You lighten the shit. My up. transition phrase. Yeah, it's like you were going heavy content to heavy content. You threw anywho in there, and yeah. I was like, wait, are we Doctor <laughs> Sue? Like, what is going on? Right now? What are we talking about? <laughs> yeah, she. Anywho, what is it called on Facebook? Where you live stream? Yeah. What's that called? Oh, um... it's a name for it. I don't even know. For on Facebook? Yeah. 
I do it once in a while. I haven't done it in a while. Yeah. I call it just live stream on Facebook. I just go live and you can... People that are on Facebook... Yeah, can Facebook see. Live, I think it's called. Facebook Live, nailed it. She Facebook Live, like, right after he got shot and was, you know, dying in the car. She was showing the what was going on. She was talking to the camera and it's like having the a cop reporter. was pointing a gun at her. Yeah. Yeah, and she's not a reporter, but that that's critical evidence of what's happening and, you know... It's a mirror, at the very least. Maybe the cop will see it and go, Oh, they're seeing me. There's a mirror. People can see me. It's important evidence to show that, you know, wrongdoing happened. And, yeah, that's, you know, that's so powerful. And it's, like you were saying with skateboarding, um, you know, anyone can pick up a camera because it's in their phone. Yeah. And it's become high quality and, you know, it's... Anyone can have make their skate video now. I remember it was so... In hard to make a skate video when I was growing Dude, up. Dude, VHS to VHS, trying to do that? Yeah. Oh my god. The cameras weren't cheap either, so... Oh, fuck no. <laughs> Who's got the grandma camera? Okay, yeah. we'll make it work. Like, we'll get the angles, we'll go with it. More gatekeepers, you know? Yeah. Uh, or, or technology can be a gatekeeper. gatekeeper. It was yeah. a technology gatekeeper, yeah, you're saying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Definitely. I could see that. So yeah, there's definitely a lot more doors open. Yeah, um, which is good. Respect. Which is good for artists and activists and passionate, passionate people that want to like create, you know, mm, or just and empower who are concerned, and inspire. You know? Yeah, most of these videos of uh, people getting uh, shot by police are just oh, for that per- oh, yeah, for yeah, for principles. Yeah. Like oh, there's something, something's not right here. I'm gonna just flip my phone on because it's right here. There yeah. it is. Then you could judge it. It's yeah. like we hold jury in court in the streets. Mm. As a collective, because it's out there, so everyone can kind of go, "Whoa, this yeah. is a reality!" And how do we feel as a collective? Yeah, and technology. So many, oh, got that shit. Sorry. So many cases I follow of you know, police brutality and corruption is they just they are the only source of information. Yeah, it's coming from the gatekeepers, the people they that only, have the best interest to hide the yeah. bullshit. Yeah, <laughs> and as every case that I followed, money can shift, buy that to shift their story. Yeah. And it's like, whoa, that's shifting, and no one's saying anything about it. Is it? Could it be that it's a matter of perception? Because that would be the argument, right? The devil's advocate would be like, these people are perceiving it in their extreme. Sure, perception's in there, but if you're the only one holding the the evidence, once you again, can make up the story however you want. Once again, if it's online, the numbers add up too, yeah. so we could see where the most, and then we could judge it for what it is. Mm. There was a case in 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 Australia where this lady um was arrested saying that she uh, assaulted a police officer yeah and then uh it came out the footage came out they actually did a freedom of information information request yeah got the police's own footage who filmed the thing yeah. they said that it, they had lost the footage or they didn't have it yeah got it and it was actually the cop who was harassing her grabbed her breast and wow. and everything and it was and, on film and it was on film fucked up and the police held the evidence that must have been a dirty ass police like how did he yeah. did he know it was being filmed you think yeah definitely it was the cops they had their own put they had their own filmers and stuff no shit they should start skating yeah. <laughs> you got to turn on filmers. Nice Why not? segue. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, she won a, a lawsuit. She got some money. And, but yeah. I mean, that doesn't make up for like being abused and like, fuck, that can fuck your life up for her. You know? Yeah, for real, for real, for real. But at least there's some justice. Mm-hmm. Some, but um, when no I'm confused... No confu- justice, no peace. Yeah, what I'm confused <laughs> about though is like, what if they're so in America we have conflicting values, you know, and that's mm. what makes up so people are butting heads, right? Like, and even political parties are butting heads mm-hmm. and shit like that. Mm-hmm. 
That's what I, and I'm always going to go back to podcasting, and I know I annoyed the fuck out of you the last <laughs> four days or however long it's been. It's probably felt like an eternity because I kept using the word podcast. It's alright, I'm getting a better understanding. You have a general, podcast is your general phrase for almost all social media, so. Yes, <laughs> yes, but it's the most free, because you can just say it, you know, like it hasn't, from my experience, it hasn't been censored, like I've tested the boundaries a bit, and I'm, you know, um, yeah, I think that's so important that communication because then we can see we're not so far off mm. so like right now i listen to a lot of joe rogan and he has hunters on yeah and it's like when you think of a hunter or when you thought of a hunter it's like you don't like there's been such crazy painted pictures about them you know like mm. you think of bambi and you think of all the shit where hunters have inflicted pain oh man why do you have to bring up bambi oh uh, that hurts <laughs> bob ross would paint the shit out of bambi but uh, but then I listen to people that actually hunt and do it, and they have morals and reasonings, and it's like they hunt just for the meat to eat and like for their mm. family, and they're not part of factory farming anymore, and like mm-hmm. they live off of it, you know, and they have the skill to do that, and like mm. and they give back, and like you know, um, but that shows like there's like now that we have this this thing, we can podcast and have long form conversation and stuff. We can, if you choose to look into people's opinions and perspectives, they're all out there. You know, you can find a lot of them and you can mm. get a balanced idea of what's going on, at least in America that I know, you know. Mm-hmm. But there's a NPR podcast and all these other podcasts. Do you listen to any? Uh, only Democracy Now, really. Oh, that was the one. Yeah, mm-hmm. I have to look into that one. And it's free, right? Yep. Hope so. Definitely. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely free. Mm. But yeah, it is great. I mean, that strength of being able to, while you're driving, be able to listen to it. Or, you know, like you, for example, while you're working, you can just listen to podcasts. Oh, it helps me be free. Because sometimes I'm doing stuff I don't want to be doing, but it's work, you Mm. know? And it helps me to like, even some of it's mindless work that I don't want to do, but I got to do it, you know? Mm -hmm. And uh, I've got it down, you know? Yeah. And then I'm like sitting here like in a cage. I'm like, oh, my thoughts are going wild. But instead, I'll listen to people conversate, and I'll search out things that I want to explore. Like, I listen to this animation, Nickelodeon an- animation podcast, yes. and I'm super into animation as of as of the last fucking e- my life, apparently. Because yeah. I'm listening to all these, and I'm like, Doug was so funny. Doug was... Remember Doug? <laughs> yeah, Skater Patty and Patty Mayonnaise. Like, there's so many... There's Elwood interrupting the show. It happens every episode. Hopefully he'll stop. And I, you know I apologize, but it's my baby. Elwood's my baby and Amber's my baby, so... Yeah. Elwood, that is enough! <laughs> tell you, tell Lisa <laughs> to get him under control. <laughs> uh-huh. I can't tell her nothing. No, that's true. She's a free radical, to use your phrase. Here, Sam's going to entertain you for a second. Maybe he'll tell you something interesting. Uh, I'm not sure what to tell you, but... um, Yeah, it's great to be um, back in the United States. And... Um, yeah, um, Australia, it's, um, it's definitely another country. <laughs> nah, I'm a dual citizen, so, yeah, it's, it's an interesting, uh, two-mind situation, and, uh, it's great to be back here and be able to, to see my family. Fill me in with what you were talking about, though, before the saying, family part. Just saying that, you know, listen... I don't even know now. <laughs> he went Rain Man. <laughs> no, I'm just saying that, you know, that uh, it's great to be back in, in the United States. And That's awesome. That I'm from, that I live in Australia and I'm a dual citizen now, so I have this crazy... Yeah, we were talking about that. ...two minds about it, and it's, but it's also really good because I can make these comparisons and, 
Yeah. It's nice to have uh, two perspectives, to be immersed, because you've lived in two different cultures, and you, I'm sure you've taken it in and been aware. Yeah, yeah that must be really nice. And I have this, you know, responsibility, you know, uh, because if you're paying, like, if I'm paying taxes, I'm, I'm funding not just the construction of the streets and the hospitals and the schools, but I'm, const- you know, I'm funding, you know, the militaries, which go overseas and do you know, some atrocious stuff. So it's a, heavy, it's a heavy responsibility. And uh, Australia backs, you know, yeah, for, foreign ventures by the U.S. to you're, the hilt. You're funding the people in power, their interests, by paying taxes. Yeah, taxes. certainly. Um, but I'm also, you know, funding good things like healthcare and education. Yeah, but it's, nonetheless, it's, never it's still a responsibility. Yeah, yeah, it's never black and white. It's always a gray area. Yeah. I've learned that. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, man, that's crazy. I mean, I've traveled around the world and dipped my toes in different cultures and seen it and stayed long enough that I could see the differences, you know? Like, when I uh, first went to China, like, it felt so alien and strange and I couldn't even tell people's expressions because I was so in, like, culture shock, you Mm -hmm. know? I was like, this is, like, a different, different architecture, different building. Everything is so different. And then once you stay for a while, you're like, oh, no, they, they have the word for fuck, too. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and they make jokes. and like universal. <laughs> there's small dick jokes in every country. And you start to see it, the humor. You see all the similarities. And then yeah. the world changes. You're like, oh, my God, I could chill here for a while. Yeah. <laughs> Travel is the most amazing thing. Because yeah. <laughs> it allows you to enrich your palate, Bob Ross style. You have a palate of all this culture and ideas. And you have perspective, which is the most important. Because then you can see how other people have done it. Because other countries, when you're in America, you, it's a lot of America. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like, it's hard to look, as you described in the beginning, you went to college and finally, in high school, there was none of that. Yeah. You know what I mean? Or very little for your... And so much of the important stuff I had to seek out on my own. And, you know, I'm always encouraging my students that, you know, like, if you are interested in something, you got to seek it out on your own, you know? The school can only... Pursue well, only knowledge. show you so much. <laughs> yeah, you have to pursue knowledge. Yeah. Yeah. That's beautiful. That's a good thing. It's, I wish my teacher said that to me. I never had a teacher really go, hey, look look into this deeper, but not make it like homework or anything, but mm. like to be like, oh, you show interest, like open the world to you instead of making it a job or a chore and yeah. mathematics. And you, mathematics are fine, but it sucks when they're against you. Mm-hmm. And like I got an A or an F. And you're just trying. <laughs> yeah. I never give students overtime. That's what I call homework. Oh, overtime. really? Overtime, yeah. That's, <laughs> Unpaid overtime. That's truthful. Yeah. <laughs> you're grooming them for overtime. <laughs> it's, it's, it's good, you know, if you want uh, kids to learn. You, you want them to learn as a whole person. And to not be so exhausted from doing homework uh, when they come back to school. Or when they get home, you don't want to interrupt the home life the way the the parent feels the need to police them and be like, hey, have you done your homework yet? Or, you know, you have to do your homework as soon as you get home. Or, you know, because it it almost, it interrupts that relationship. But also, you know, what if they're interested in something great? You know, what if they want to just go skateboard when they get home? They deserve downtime. Thank you. As well as pursuing other interests to be a full person, you know? Yeah, to have a good experience. Yeah, so school life shouldn't be coming into their home life. Yeah. Well, then it has to be, you have to give a shit about your job. Because if you give a shit about teaching, mm. then you can maximize the time you're there. Mm-hmm. And you can feel you've made an impact. Because mm. why else are you giving out homework? You're mm-hmm. not doing your job well enough? Yeah, that's right. How long do you got these kids? All day. Yeah. You know what I mean? How, how What's all day? Hours? Six hours. Six hours of learning? <laughs> yeah, that's a lot, right? I yeah. mean, there's, there's recess and lunch, so, you know, call nice. it five. But 
five hours. Yeah, but that's like, a lot of learning. That's a lot of, well, yeah. I mean... Imagine studying something for two hours. Yeah. You're going to have a headache. You're going to be on your 17th coffee. I'm speaking specifically to you. <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> I do drink a bit of coffee. <laughs> Where were we going with this? For though? sure. But yeah, that's weird. Homework is weird. I think we just debunked that on the Shatler show. <laughs> we figured out homework and the bullshit about it. Yeah. It's weird to say that because there's kids out there like, Shatler said fucking homework is bullshit. Yeah, but it's important to, you know, talk about these things <laughs> because there are initiatives that push this idea of flipped cl- classrooms. Yeah. Where it's like, all right, we're going to give the student lots of homework. They go home and they, you know, read all this stuff so that when they come back into the school, all we do is discuss what they had already read. Which yeah. sounds really good. Yeah. But then but you put the parents the in the position of being the principal or the teacher. Yeah, you put the burden on the parent and the student and all this. Yeah. Yeah. Makes sense. And it's overtime. <laughs> overtime is perfect. <laughs> you know what Thrasher Magazine used to do? What? Or they might still. They had, on their website, I believe, it was like tests that people made so you could come and get the answers for the test. Oh, really? Yeah, you could, like, print it out. <laughs> I don't know how that worked, but it was, like, general answers on tests that would be in school, and you could, like, get to them. Yeah. <laughs> They're giving away the knowledge. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> All right, well, this is, an, this is a crucial time in the podcast. What is it? Yeah, you know why? Why? Because we have to get into the fact that you bought all the little Debbie snacks you possibly could. Let's go through the list of what you bought <laughs> since you've been back in America. Oatmeal pies. Oatmeal pies. Strawberry shortcake rolls. Strawberry, yeah, those are so good. Uh, and what did I do when you you show you ate one around me? What happened? It just it disappeared into your mouth. The whole thing. I, I literally snatched it out of his hand. He had a fresh strawberry jelly roll, and he was like kind of showing it off, like, hey, or that was my impression. Maybe you're just eating it next to me, <laughs> but I thought he was taunting me. So Tri- I, shout out trick tip, uh, life hack, terror. Uh, she said, put them in the fridge and it was good, good advice. Oh, my lady, lady dash. Yeah. 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 She, she's on point with that. You put it in there. It gets nice and cold. You can peel it apart by layers. And, and it's so sugary that it doesn't go completely hard. It can't. Yeah. yeah exactly. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so we got oatmeal pies. Oh yeah. So what happened though was he was eating it next to me and what, from my impression, he was taunting me. And I just snatched it out of his hand. It was a fresh, full one right out of the wrapper, and I just devoured that thing whole. It's gone. Never come back. Yeah, it was like I was a turtle, and you gave me like a piece of leaf. I just swallowed that shit and called it a day. That's right. So I'm just trying to relieve, uh, relive the dream. You know, childhood, I used to get 25-cent little Debbie snacks at the corner store. Nice. You're so uh, old. You're so old. <laughs> <laughs> Remember Ghetto Gowns, 99 cents? Oh, yeah. Stomach right. aches? They yeah. sold you stomach exactly. aches for 99 cents. They did. I mean, take a whole decade off your life. They sold it to us. It's good. <laughs> it was delicious, though. <laughs> Thank you. Those things killed it. <laughs> for sure. But, I mean, you know. Uh, Anthony loves moderation, so, you know. I've learned that. I can come and I can I can do this for a little bit, and then i got to go back to some healthier food. <laughs> the best thing is we've been skating, though. Yeah, for Cause sure. Because, like I was saying, it's like, if you're going to eat like that, you better be in motion constantly so your body's in burning mode. Mm-mm. So it's burning everything you're putting in, you know? You're using it. Even if it's poisonous, like, you can use it to... I don't know the science. Don't quote me, but... Yeah. But then if you're chilling, it goes into storing mode, and it yeah. stores everything, and then it really matters what you're putting in, because you're not moving your machine around, you know? Yeah, like, but it's no accident that we got ghetto gallons, 25-cent little Debbie snacks, and we're living in one of the most obese countries in the world, you know exactly, what I mean? Exactly, exactly, yeah, yeah, And yeah. like we were saying... Bad habits like, at a young age, right? Like, yeah. All bad options at a young age, more true to it. And, uh, you know, our personal experience doesn't also, also doesn't always give us the clearest perception, because, I mean, yesterday we were talking about how Jeff... 
Jeff Talismanic. He is yes. skinny as a rod, but he was unhealthy as anybody. <laughs> Dude, he has a Coca-Cola tattoo because he drank so much Coca-Cola. Definitely. And that's, that's why... That's a plug for you, Coca-Cola. You and Thrasher get a pass. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, yeah, you know, you look at Jeff, you know, you might not think he was unhealthy because he's skinnier. At least that's what a lot of people think. Skinny is healthier. Yeah. But we live in one of the most obese countries. Yeah. And fat people get most of the flack. Yeah. Even though a lot of unhealthy skinny people because of those damn little Debbie snacks. Yeah, 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 yeah. For sure. <laughs> At least one of them. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, there was a Coke machine in my school. I love Coca-Cola, but it, dude, but when we, if you're just giving people Coca-Cola and that's all they're ingesting, like, yeah, yeah. you're screwed. And that's Mom. the obvious one. When I went to Australia, I didn't realize that you're not supposed to put sugar in your bread. <laughs> yeah. Wait, you're not? Wait, what? Yeah, the, the, the bloody bread here is laden with sugar and... You know, uh, people looked at me weird when I was like, "Why does this bread taste funny?" <laughs> oh, it's because we put sugar in it. Yeah. In other culture, other places don't put sugar in it. And that's a hidden, you know, a hidden thing you don't realize. And milk has tons of sugar too. I love milk. I didn't realize this. I was always sold milk is like the healthiest thing you can drink. You're not talking about whole milk, right? Yeah, whole milk has tons of sugar in it. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I feel like it just crushed something inside of me. <laughs> uh, I drink a lot of milk. Yeah. <laughs> Another thing I like is. Uh, cereal as well. I crush a lot so of cereal. A lot delicious. of cereal. It's delicious. Yeah, it's strange. <laughs> but it's alright. Thanks, Sam. Thanks yeah. for coming over here and crushing dreams. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's got a moderation, moderation. Back to the list. Let's see how much of a hypocrite he is. Little Debbie. <laughs> we had this the rolls, the oatmeal pies. Yeah, yeah. Donut sticks. Those donut were bomb, sticks. dude. Oh, I've ate like two sticks. or three of those. They're so good. They um, were even the imitation ones, but they were still just as good. Couldn't tell the difference. So good. Was there anything else that we uh, needed to cover? There was probably so many I can't remember. <laughs> I don't even know. It's cool. All right. All the bagels I've been eating, the Dunkin' Donuts. Ooh. It's Bagel. hard. Yeah, but if you're burning, you just got to be active. You got to stay on top of that. It's everywhere, too. I can just grab it. It's just... So tempting. Sound effects of deliciousness. <laughs> All right, I got questions. All right, <clears throat> what you got? All right, if we're going to... I I'm, I ask most of my guests this now. Um, have you ever done any psychedelics? Uh, I have not, but I'm psyched. In general? Yes. Without the psychedelics? Yes. Okay. <laughs> Remember when we used to live together in the apartment? I'd come home from work at like 11.30 at night. You guys would be drinking all this stuff, and I'd just Hell join yeah. in. Hell but yeah. I wasn't drunk. You were just so raw. I just, I was psyched. Yeah, you were just hyped. I just fed off of your energy. Yeah. And just went for it. Right into the whirlpool of chaos. Yes. Yeah. So good. Yeah. But I didn't make all those crazy mistakes. Like, yeah. you know, I didn't wake up with beer soaked on my crotch. Yeah. Yeah, and that's the worst. Yeah, mistake anyone ever made when they were drunk. So. <laughs> Moderation is the key. Yeah. So psychedelics? Nope. Just like, what else you got? Would you never try? Uh, nope. Not that I know of. And you've tried alcohol though. You have uh, been yeah, an asshole. Have you asshole. been an asshole while you've been drunk? I've been an asshole. You've yep. made that road. You've gone that road. Yep. Yep. Or at least I was. And I enabled people else to be assholes while I was drunk. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I mean, one time, one time, this was in high school. I got drunk at this party, and then it was raining at like four in the morning, and we we cut down a tree off of a cliff. Yeah, you know that's probably not a wise decision. Well, what's below the cliff? Nothing. 
they're just gonna fall, but you guys are like on the edge of a cliff cutting off a branch. Yeah, I mean, we were all arborist students, you know, we studied trees and we cut down trees in school and stuff, so it was a bit safer than if someone else had done it. Yeah. But nonetheless, drunk people, four in the morning, raining, shouldn't cut down trees off a cliff. You think? <laughs> <laughs> and I wasn't like, hey, you guys shouldn't do that. I was like, fuck yeah, let's do this. How'd it go? How'd it go, though? Perfectly fine, everyone was safe. Nice. But, uh, Bucky. But just to get in hindsight, you're looking at it now. All the variables added up together. <laughs> Could have happened. Could have went the wrong way. Tree on, back onto us. Ah! Fair enough, fair enough. Yeah. Especially heavy equipment. That's like not a good time to be intoxicated. Definitely not. Probably, definitely not. It's probably a label on the chainsaw. Yeah. Don't there, use. There's a word I, I say, I don't like to party. I like to celebrate. So, But you celebrate far less... Because when you party, you're partying, and the party never stops, you know? Yeah, yeah. But when you celebrate, it's like you got to work hard and operate all those machines and do all that shit, and then you can celebrate. You take that time off. What is it you called uh, in school? What's that? Um, No homework, but uh, overtime. Overtime. Unpaid overtime. Yeah. It's no good for nobody. Sometimes you just need, like, um, the day off, you know? Yeah, I mean, if you're tired and overworked and... You know, you're more likely to get injured. You're yeah. more likely to not engage with the material, yeah. everything. And uh, I just bought this sticker in New York that I think I just you just reminded me of. Nap all day, sleep all night, party never. Sweet, yeah, that's way sick. And it's a sloth behind a banner that says that. And it was, and it was, and it is the best sticker in existence. It should say celebrate a little right next to party never. Well, if we go by your definition of party, or right? celebrate, celebrate is different than party. So yeah. celebrate forever. That's what it could be. Underneath. That's what I like. Celebrate never, forever. Celebrate yeah. forever. Damn, we just we just made that the best sticker. Ever. We added to it. We added to it. That's right. <laughs> it's not static. We just dynamic sloth. Right <laughs> That's sick. Sloths are out. I like this Facebook page. It's like sloth something or other. And it's just daily sloths. You'd like my friend Nick Barth. He looks like a sloth. Does he? Yeah, he's kind of sloth-like. Nice. I like him for that, though. You should take daily photos of Nick Barth and post them online. Oh, he does that. It's does Instagram. He? Okay. He just takes nothing but selfies. Oh, so they already came up with Instagram. Yeah. Damn, I, th- I thought it was on a precipice. <laughs> I'm making all that up. Nick is a really nice gentleman. Nice. <laughs> um, oh, I wanted to... I was going to say... Um, oh, shit. Oh, I was going to say, that's why I think, like... Um, jobs that like drug tests for marijuana mm. is bullshit. Because, mm-hmm. dude, people that want to... You can drink coffee and beer on the weekends. On your day off, your your time off from working. Like, your day off. Like, you're not yeah. working. It's your day to relax and do whatever. If you want to relax, read a book, drink a cup of coffee. If you want to relax with a couple friends, have a couple beers. Maybe you're on at the beach. Like, who knows? Or you, maybe that you use the beer to, like, help you open up to people. Like, yeah. And re you're like as a community, everyone comes together and talks, and like in moderation and safe and healthy. It's not an extreme. Same with marijuana. It's like mm. if they can show me all the horrible net uh, side effects compared to alcohol and tobacco, it's like it's so much bullshit. Yeah, yeah. I met this guy in New York just on the street. I was talking to this homeless guy, and he came up and started chatting. He had remembered him from before, but he was just smoking weed in a pipe, <laughs> and he was like, "I've got license. Me smoke. too. I got I got license to smoke weed in five states." Nice. But not, but not in New York. Uh, but he didn't, he didn't care because he was just carrying it around and smoking as he was walking. And he's like, you know, I've got you know a messed up leg and everything, and so did the other guy. And um, he's like, it's the only thing that helps me. And I've just stopped caring. Like the the uh, the um, the way things have gone, it's on my side. You know, like 
all these states have legalized it. New York's just behind the times, and I just stopped caring. I'm going to smoke this even if I'm in a state that it's not legal. It's like a <laughs> private protest. Yeah, I would, he was just walking the street doing it anyways. He's like, I feel like being a little high. <laughs> I want to walk around. Go to the zoo. <laughs> so that was crazy. Yeah. I'm just, I, it, it makes me, it make, drives me crazy that a work could tell you that you can't do that on your own free time. That seems like an, mm. a bit in, uh, abrasive, a bit um, intrusive. Yeah, definitely. Right? They're trying know. to filter people out, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I agree. That's, but, a, uh, that's a bias, though. To summon, to summon uh, the legendary uh, comic Bill Hicks, yes. he was saying that, you know, the, the drugs that we're allowed, not allowed to take, says a lot about our society, you know? So Monday through Friday, we're allowed to, like, use caffeine as a drug so that we can be productive or whatever, however we define productive. And then on the weekend, we're allowed to, you know, uh, put ourselves in this real low state so we forget that we just got, you know, exploited all week. <laughs> yeah, you can you can escape reality. <laughs> yeah, then, yeah. Then, you can, then on Monday, boom, it starts over again, you know? Yeah. But why are they, uh, you know, but the illegal drugs, it's, you know, things that open your mind and reduce the pain and, you know. Um, yeah. So marijuana, and he was talking about, you know, the one, t- uh, one time he used mushrooms or whatever and he had, like, all this you know, deep existential thoughts about life and everything. Yeah. He's like, you know what? The news is supposed to be the news. <laughs> Why don't they ever tell a positive drug story? Yeah, that's the it's best always some, <laughs> It's always some asshole who takes acid and jumps off of, you know, a thing or whatever. Why yeah. is it never a positive one? Yeah. He's like, you don't see ducks taking escalators to fly. <laughs> <laughs> they should start from the ground like us. <laughs> yeah, Bill Hicks is ahead of his time. <laughs> or he was just more uh, aggressive in his approach, which made him stand out. Yeah. <laughs> He was the one who got through the gatekeeper. <laughs> yeah, he just didn't give a shit. He was like, fuck it. <laughs> I love comedy. I love comedians. I'm so glad that exists. I feel like that's a uniquely maybe an American art form from what I've heard yeah. from comedians online. Well, the one, the one that I've that I've found that is as good as Bill Hicks and talks about real life that matters to people is Stuart Lee. Yeah. And he's from the UK, actually. Nice, nice. We were talking um, about him. You mentioned him. Yeah, he's pretty awesome. Um, but yeah, I haven't found many really epic comic, uh, comics, yeah, yeah. comics yeah. who, um, don't just do dick jokes or don't just do, Hey, I've noticed something about your life. Yeah. Um, or, uh, you know, it's just so vulgar that they get attention. Yeah. Um, but they actually bring it back to real life that matters to people, but at the same time it's, it's funny and awkward and, you know, yeah, it's good. Yeah, definitely. I enjoy it so much. Um, word. Well, I've kept you here long enough, Sam. Yeah. I know, um, trapped in a sweltering hot box room. I feel like a potato baked, double baked, perhaps. I don't even know. No bacon? No, no. No bacon. Oh. The end of the podcast where Sammy gets all his silliness out. <laughs> <laughs> potato. <laughs> Sorry, I'm, I'm raving from the heat of the madness. It's not too bad. It could be worse. The window's cracked. Thanks, Anthony. No Thanks. worries. Crack window. No was... fan. Sorry, Sorry, bro. <laughs> We're trying. My ideal situation would be that I could have a full podcast studio and I could have people come to me. That would be ideal. There's no disconnection with the technology this way, really, except for when we tried to play videos. But I, it's not. I don't have it. It's not a perfect science. I don't have it down yet. <laughs> um, before this is where I want to give you your chance to like talk about whatever you want to talk. That's important. If you want to share something, people could hear about it. No worries. I mean we've. We've been on here for a while, so I'll just finish with something short. Um, I just want to say uh, rest in peace to Alton Sterling um, from Louisiana, who died on Tuesday. Rest in peace to Philando Castile, who died in Minnesota on Thursday. And Delron Small, 
who died in New York on the 4th of July. Um, no justice, no peace. Sick. Thank you, Sam. All right, guys. We'll talk to you later. Peace. One more thing before you guys go. The New England Am will be November 5th and 6th at the Edge Indoor Skate Park. Um, follow us on Instagram at New England Am uh, for constant updates. And uh, last thing, thank you guys for listening. And uh, if you could do me a favor and please share the podcast, help this thing grow. That would be amazing. Um, one way you could do that too is you could go to iTunes, hit subscribe, and you could rate and leave a comment, and that'd be really awesome. Uh, thank you guys. Cheers.